Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Uh, Rage? What song is this? No, I'm just playing the prelude intro to today's review, Mysterious Island. That's not the right song. It, it's not? Nope! But it's the prelude to Mysterious Island film. Which year? Well, the best one, of course, 1961. Ah, that's the problem right there. What? What's the problem? You have the wrong version. Oh, we're not doing the 1961 version? Oh, okay, okay, we're doing the 70s one with Omar Sharif. Oh, you know what, that's just as good, we can do that. Eh, uh, try again. Um, not that one, then, okay, probably not the 90s one, so, uh, which one are we doing? The 2005 Hallmark version. Hallmark version? You mean those, like, straight-to-video TV ones? I mean, is it any good? Well... It does have Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, so it's probably good then. Uh, sure you want to go with that answer? Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 249. Mysterious Island. So mysterious. Thank you for that intro, JJ. Welcome back, sickies, to Jules Verne July with Mysterious Island. And... Uh, the reason we did this one, because we're kind of starting off with one of Jules Verne's most iconic characters, Captain Nemo. This film is the non-chronologically correct sequel to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And that right there is one of the rips. Sure, it's chronologically correct. It just took that balloon 13 years to travel from Richmond to the South Pacific. They it, just restocked for food along the way. Exactomundo. And didn't age. So, um, it went through that Bermuda Triangle thing. Yeah, exactly. Must have. I mean, Atlantis showed up into 20,000 Leagues of the Book, so I guess why not? Bermuda Triangle works for me. Um, so, originally I wanted to do the 1961 version, which is pretty good, and I could have even settled for the 1970s one, where Omar Sharif plays Captain Nemo. The problem is that we found one from 2005 I, 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 Patrick well, Stewart okay I found it yeah let's let's okay, put the I'll take credit of- I'll take credit okay you can put your hate on me and I deserve it I found the one with 2005 with Patrick Stewart and I thought Patrick Stewart is Captain Nemo how could I go wrong <laughs> and then I looked at the length of it and I thought okay it's long but Patrick Stewart and then I started watching it and then Thomas started watching it, and Scott started watching it. We all came to the consensus, this is not good. It's crap. It's crap. <laughs> it's crap. That's being generous. Too. Patrick Stewart does his best to save a film that has a whole bunch of people in it who don't act in a lot of other things. Well, But he's not on screen enough in a film about Captain Nemo playing Captain Nemo to save it. Well, and part of the problem, too, is, uh, oh, fun fact... I, I, I'll give, I have three fun facts today, but um, one of the fun facts is it's got Omar Gooding. And if that name doesn't mean anything to you, he was one of the hosts of the Nickelodeon show Wild and Crazy Kids. I mean, like that. And that show was infinitely times more entertaining than this. Omar, I'm sorry you, couldn't get, you didn't get over, but 
you tried, dude. You really tried. So this film, the, part of the problem for me is that I know the story of Mysterious Island, and this is barely it. The original story, it starts off, both film and books start off the same. And even the 1960s. Did we just bail out of fun facts? No, I'm going to do that after okay. the plot. Because it'll be quick. Um, during the American Civil War, which now suddenly happened in the 1870s or 80s, uh, uh, there was a, they're during the siege of Richmond, Virginia, some Cyrus Smith, a railroad engineer in the Union Army who's a prisoner, along with a uh, Pencroft, a sailor, and a uh, former slave, Nebuchadnezzar, whom they call Neb, escape on a hydrogen-filled balloon. Yes, right away, if you're watching the 2005 one, you're thinking, what happened to the ladies? They're not in the book or the 1961 movie. Well, one of the ladies is because you have to have a lead. But the point is, they weren't in it. And they get in this hot air balloon, but for some reason, they can't get down. And after a trip that is not exactly explained, they wind up in the South Pacific near New Zealand on a mysterious island. Now, in the book... Um, and by the way, it took several days in a storm to get to this island. Yeah, they now, according to the book, the entire continental United States and the Pacific Ocean through a storm that covered I'm, the entirety of this landmass in a few days uh, 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 in a rudimentary Civil War era balloon. observation balloon. Technically, also <laughs> here's the butter one. Guess which way both the wind direction normally goes? Oh, oh yeah, it's the opposite. The jet stream. <laughs> it goes west to, west to east. east. Or west Not east, east yeah. to west. Today it's east to west. <laughs> yes, just today. So It's uh, opposite or day. for these days, these days anyway. This week. This week. Which, by the way, a week no and a hot air balloon without water or food. Okay, sure, we'll go with that. No one was paying attention. The farmer's almanac, instead of going... The winds were normal, except for this one weird week where it just blew the opposite direction. Where weird. was the fuel source to keep the hot air in the hot air balloon hot for all this time? Look, or even get it hot in the first place. But let's just disregard all as, that. As fun as this story is, I have to be honest and say that um. I really think that Jules Verne was drinking a lot of absinthe when he wrote this. Because if that isn't enough to make you think like, okay, I guess I'll suspend disbelief so they can get to the island. Oh, it doesn't stop. So Cyrus is an engineer who makes a telegraph, pottery, and bricks, and all sorts of iron and other things on the island so they can build a nice little home. Yeah. All he needs is a radio made from a coconut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so he made But he can't get, fix a hole in a balloon. <laughs> he managed nope. to get copper, iron. Yep. Managed to find all these elements which take quite a bit of refining. Yep. And to mm, make it work. Tool working. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Swiss families Swiss family Cyrus. Exactly. <laughs> and they call the island Lincoln Island after President Lincoln, which fine. And, um, but what starts happening is on the island, they start, whenever they need certain things, it starts appearing at their home. Real deus ex machina kind of thing. Well, in that case, Such you as, know, I simply need a lot of things really quick. And that's good because they get guns, tools, and all the other things they would need just magically appear. 
And if, now one day they get a message in a bottle directing them to rescue a castaway on a nearby island. And they have a boat to get to the island, and instead of going home, they just decide, eh, screw it, this island's nice and the Civil War sucks. So let's just stay here, I guess. Um, they come back, and they rescue this guy named uh, Tom Ayrton, who is also in another one of Jules, Jules Verne's stories, In Search of the Castaways. And they get him back, they, but they, on the way back, they almost get lost, but thanks to a fire beacon on shore, they find their way back through the, some storm. Um, eventually they land back, and um, then a pirate ship attacks them, but then it's mysteriously destroyed by an explosion. Uh, six of the pirates do make it ashore and try to kidnap Ayrton, because he was on their crew, I guess. And someone gets malaria, and but then a box of quinine shows up to save him. And uh, it turns out that their hero is Captain Nemo, who came there after surviving the maelstrom from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and was there living alone because his crew died off. And you hear a little bit about his background, which we already covered in the last episode. Gee, I wonder how his crew died off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... They eventually do kill the other pirates, and in the end, Nemo basically tells them that, gives them some gold and jewels and says, yeah, by the way, this, there's a volcano on this island that's about to blow up, so you might want to get to high ground and away from the volcano. And they do, and the volcano goes off, and Nemo goes into the Nautilus, which is disabled, and lets the lava flow kill him, and then the rest of the people, Cyrus, Neb, and Pencroft, and Ayrton, all just get picked up by a ship, the end. Yeah, but did it kill him because he was well, supposed knows? to be dead in the prequel sequel thing? Yeah. Or did he just activate uh, he does uh, his appear time in one more, He does appear in one more Jules Verne story, but I don't think it, it was more like someone living the life of Captain Nemo, so it doesn't really count. And it was a play. Um, this thing that I just meant, the, the show we actually watched is... Almost nothing like this book. In the 1961 version, by the way, a lot of people, there are giant monsters and animals on the island in the book, and the 1961 version reflects that with, you know, Harryhausen effects. This 2005 version, they just decided to heck with most of that. Um, for example, it all well, is... Well, there's a giant praying mantis. Yeah, there's, there's that. It all, at the very, very beginning, it all is the same. Richmond, Virginia, seizure Richmond, get in balloon, escape. Check. No problems there, except for the two ex the extra lady characters. But otherwise, <laughs> cool. They get to the island, except Cyrus is thrown from the balloon and picked up by Nemo right away and meets Nemo right away, who convinces Cyrus, and then he fixes Nemo's, I guess, desalination machine? And then Nemo invites everyone to live with him and do scientific research. But then Nemo shows him a giant bomb, an atom bomb, and says, I'm going to end war with it. They're mortified and they don't want to help him, so he kicks them out. Meanwhile, some pirates are too busy trying to rob treasure off the island. And it becomes some big thing. Oh, yeah, Nemo has an assistant called Joseph, who eventually arms them with repeating rifles to fight off the pirates. And then at the end, Nemo decides to help them out and tells them that the volcano is about to blow up and you should get off the island and they do and Nemo dies in the Nautilus. I just condensed three or four hours of pointless story for you sickies. Wow. I, just I, so you know. I skipped some of that. 
it's easy to do because the problem is this show despite patrick stewart's stellar acting is long and boring to quote weird al it just wasn't slow enough i mean you know what but but before we rip in more, can I, I really just... think I've seen this Patrick Stewart guy on an episode of Star Trek at least once, but I can't place who he is. Yeah. Might have seen him in an X-Men movie, too. So <laughs> I, I mentioned one fun fact with Omar Gooding. I'm going to mention two more, and then we can just dive on into the rips because there's a lot. These are mostly just the fact that uh, they're mistakes. Um... Pirates that come under attack by a sea monster in the second half of this movie. There's a modern fish trawler or tugboat appears on the far right of the screen. Whoops. <laughs> How about the fact that there's pirates? Old timey. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, oh, pirates yeah. In- Old timey. That's a rip. That's a rip. Okay. We'll start with that, though. That's a great, that's a great one. Just after the pirates flee the island and the o- octopus attacks them, a white and green fishing boat can be seen in the top right corner. There's your fun facts. So let's dive into rips because there's a ton. That's most of this. Pirates. Yes, they look like pirates from 1715. It is literally (laughs) the case of they said, well, we need pirates. Let's do Pirates of the Caribbean with tricorn hats and everything else in between. And the captain's called Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Bob. Yeah. Well, also, again, pirates in 1880s. This should be what? a rip, but this is my this is my pick. It is my aside from Patrick Stewart's acting, it is my favorite part of the film. I'm Bob Harvey. I'm still alive. I'm <laughs> Captain Bob Harvey. I'm still alive. Yes. And then this squid pulls him to his death. It's so it's, corny, and I love oh, it. I just cracking up. Speaking oh. of the CGI, the, the the squid, the CGI in this is so early two thousands. Oh, that I mean, playing mantis was terrible. Was Honey, awful. I thought the kids did the giant bugs better. Oh, so much better. I mean, y- you should really know what you're getting into. When the movie starts and says Hallmark presentation, that right there should have been, oh, shoot. That right there, for the back of my mind was saying that, but I thought, oh, but just wait. Maybe it's going to be good. This Patrick Stewart in here. And as it continued, I was like, no, this is not good. I, the warning in the back of my head was legit. This is awful. I mean, yeah, no. But yes, the pirates, thank you to bring that up, Thomas. That's the thing I kept thinking of the whole time. I kept thinking, this is not how pirates would have looked in 1860, 70, 80, whatever. Well, again, the time warp was also ripped on my mouth. Yeah, I'm, but we it's like, can't... wait, wait, wait. I thought he's dead. Now that... he's back. And I... it's also... The Civil War has been going on quite a bit longer than I remember it. Yeah, that one I'm going to blame on the book in Jules Verne, not the Hallmark movie, because that was his flub. But it is definitely a rip. The fact that it's like, Jules, I get that you wanted this to be set in the Civil War. Fine. But that was over by the time you wrote this book. And don't act like you didn't know. Don't you dare act like you didn't know. Okay, I know in France you would have gotten newspapers with that information. 
Heck, the the assassination of Lincoln alone would have made it to where to yeah. Paris. You knew. Oh yes, you knew. So this was clearly a case that he wanted to make a sequel with this guy in an adventure story with Captain Nemo, but instead of just saying, um, gee, well, uh, how else can I do this? Or making a new character and setting it in, say, 1864, you just said, well, um, the Civil War lasted longer because it did. Well, in this alternate reality, there's a lot of things that don't make sense, including why on earth is in a Civil War prison do you have two females? Well, I guess that was possible, but, you know, they would have been treated a lot better than that, and they would have been lumped, they would not have been lumped in with the men. No, they wouldn't have. That's kind of my point. Why do you have two, because again, obviously the reason why you have two females in this is your love interest. This was your Victorian era. But they you would not have stick, lumped them no. together. Those would have been if if they were kept as prisoners, which was highly unlikely for the time period. Women would have just been released. Oh yeah, if, or they're in house arrest or something. House arrest, or if they were being held, would have been yeah, literally in a house somewhere, not I'm, in the middle of the prison camp with all the men. I mean, for crying out loud, the women that were involved in the conspiracy to kill Lincoln, they were hung, but they were kept in good enough accommodations and then when they went out to the gallows they were given umbrellas to shield them from the sun and technically speaking if you really want to get down to it the hanging of them was quite controversial yes so i mean come on and they were about to hang them but they still treated them like porcelain dolls so that tells you where the mentality was at the time yes and These... again the only reason why they even exist is for the stupid love scenes which is bingo terrible. bingo Let's talk about this uh this prison camp, the Siege of Richmond. Um, these are not the best soldiers. Why are you not just shooting the balloon? Yeah. Shoot the balloon. Shoot the glass. Yeah. Why? It, it's a musket. It's not that accurate. You know this unless you haven't been campaigning for the last four years. Shoot the biggest target possible. You'll hit it. Mass your fire. <laughs> yeah, no, they could have hit that thing. These, Plus, you had long-range rifles and snipers by then. Someone could have shot that balloon. I mean, I get it that the, that the best of the best soldiers they had left were on the front lines at Petersburg and Richmond at that point. But, man, these guys were... I well, mean, who knows? On. Because, again, this has been a few extra years of war. Oh, who yeah, knows that's true. Who knows? This might have been like, we finally have to hire Doofy McGee, <laughs> who's still figuring out where the business right. end of a rifle is. Right. In this reality, this might be 1882, and the Civil War is just ground on for many, many yeah. more years. No, this has turned into World War One Civil War. Now there's just massive trench lines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or the generals were just like, know what i know we lost but this has been fun let's just keep it going for no reason that's what's lost no, in the, the that's what's lost in the, the early script of, the u.s richmond lasted another 10 years they just yeah. never gave up richmond yeah it, it's 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 just lost in an earlier draft 
U.S. Grant retreated after the Battle of the Wilderness and got sacked by Lincoln and replaced again. McClellan, <laughs> McClellan won. Came Ma- back. McClellan won the McClellan. election and put himself in charge of the Army of the Potomac. And then every time they were on the cusp of victory, he withdrew. Right, and he's been sieging <laughs> Richmond since 1866, just trying to bring up more big guns. <laughs> That's it. Ah, uh, now we've got it. Of McClellan. Now, now we've we solved it. the chronology issue. But um. Yeah, I guess the other problem is, and I don't know why they would do this, unless this was clearly a case of the producers saying it has to be a two-parter, so stretch it out. Um, There was no bomb, atomic bomb, in the island. Uh, There was no desalination. All the machines that he had were just not there. The one thing that would have been cool, in the book, after he detonates, after Nemo detonates a pirate ship, he, the few survivors he kills and nobody they go inspect and they see these little red dots he kills them with like an electric death ray gun Ooh. in the book but in this it's not there it's like you make a bunch of machines that were not there in the book but the electric death ray on the other hand we're gonna dodge that one and don't give me this oh it's because it was a weapon you had an atom bomb you had an atomic bomb so giving me a little laser rifle by comparison, not as bad. Did uh did Nemo forget to change the batteries in his volcano sensors? Because they seem kind of pointless. Yeah, I've got sensors all around out. the island, but they let me know just in time to yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> or where, what's with this Joseph guy? It's like, why did you make an assistant? It's oh, because you could hand out repeating rifles, and it doesn't make sense why Nemo's there alone. Are the repeating are rifles in the book? Yes. Ah, man, then I gotta fault Jules Verne on this. Your futuristic technology shouldn't be something that existed in reality 10 years ago. Well, I let that one go because it's like, well, of course he would have normal weapons, too. I mean, it's not like... Yeah, but they call it an invention of Captain Nemo. Here's the repeating rifle, an invention of Captain Nemo. No, that's not what an invention is. You stole this idea. Again, Jules Verne, I mean, late to the party. You're again late to the party. You really just just say and repeating rifles. But not only that, though. Like I said, Joseph and the repeating rifles don't even appear in the book because in the book, Nemo kills off the pirates. Joseph and the Technicolor coat of repeating rifles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and the part with uh, the whole well, Nemo wants to blow up to end war, blow everything up to end war. That was from 20,000 Leagues, and um, why would you bring that up? Just, just... Um, continuity! I guess, I guess, I mean... But we don't care about continuity, because he died, but he didn't he, die. Well, and exa- the, the well, time, the year is wrong. Well, if they cared about continuity, the pirates would have had a significantly reduced role. Ayrton would have had a bigger role. Uh, there would have been malaria. Nemo wouldn't have made an appearance right off the rip. Um, Clearly, a lot of this was made for just a, um, this was made clearly for TV stretched out. What you don't know is that Patrick Stewart always wanted to play Captain Nemo, and he made this happen just so that he could, no, I don't know. Uh, for all we know, he <laughs> I wouldn't want doubt to play it. that's Captain what Nemo. happened. I wouldn't doubt he wanted to play Captain Nemo, but this was his only shot. He secretly funded it under his stage name. 
under his pen name so nobody knew that he was the producer of this pile of crap. And then he wrote the script and Hallmark just let rubber stamped it because it's Patrick Stewart. And uh, they thought, how could you lose? Well, you I found mean, out. None of these things happened, but it would make more sense than what did happen. I, I have a rip that takes some um, explaining. Okay. When I first started watching this movie, I went to IMDb to find out if the guy that played Cyrus really was Nathan Fillion on a crash diet. Because at this time he was playing Castle, and Captain Reynolds had gone up a couple pant sizes. And um, I thought, man, if he like went on a massive crash diet in a six-day bender and aged horribly, this <laughs> looks like Nathan Fillion. It kind of does. But then it got even weirder, because his delivery and stuff started to ape Mal Reynolds. Oh. As I kept watching this, I'm like, Captain, Captain Cyrus something, Captain Mal Reynolds. Did this guy really just say, screw this, this is terrible. I'm going to throw in this hidden Easter egg that I'm going to play Captain Cyrus as if Mal Reynolds played him. Go back and watch this and listen to some of his deliveries. Can't say I can. And, and mm-hmm. some of it is, it's literally like he's channeling Nathan Fillion and Mal Reynolds throughout most of this film, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know why that's a rip, but I it, just think it, it was just kind of... If, it's a rip to you, that's to all me, I can say. he's playing Mal Reynolds but where that, he doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, I, I guess um, I'm going to give this one pick. But it's not specific to this iteration. Conceptually, I like this idea. The idea that Nemo survived the Maelstrom, and, but the Nautilus was damaged, crew was dying off or leaving him, so he decides just to go live in solitude on this island, realizing I'm not going to make a dent in these empires. So I'm just going to go conduct my scientific experiments on this island and die out here. And then some people are marooned, and the island has, you know, giant animals and monsters left over from prehistoric times because of its remote location. And then some people are marooned, and he winds up having to take out uh, these pirates who followed them. It's a really neat adventure idea with some sci-fi elements that could work. But the book itself, the story itself, could work. If there was a little bit less deus ex machina, the chronology had been cleaned up. It could have been a really great, almost flawless story. But conceptually, so conceptually it's good. That's the pick. But the implementation is bad, especially when you get to this film, which was desperately trying to mash in character drama of Nemo, introduce characters that don't need to be there, introduce tension that shouldn't have been there, like the nuclear bomb thing. Uh, introduce ridiculous pirates, a sub-arc with pirates because we have to have conflict because I guess Nemo and giant monsters wasn't enough. Um, It just makes unnecessary characters. It pads it out. It stretches it out, which brings it really to me and the worst pick of, or the worst rip of all. There's a pick behind this, but here's the rip, but it's followed by a colossal rip. The pick is that it's not rage-inducing. Yay? Exactly. It's like, congratulations. I mean, it's not like I was just watching Obi-Wan or Halo. 
But as Thomas just demonstrated, yay? Is that a good thing? I mean, yeah. It doesn't stink. Yeah. Oh, no, it well, does. It stinks. Huh. It's just not as horrendous. The biggest problem with this is it's boring. I didn't shoot the my story- TV when I was done. Exactly. The story was bad, and it was just plain boring. Uh, that's the biggest rip of, of all, that if you watch this and you decide to tough it out, you're going to be in for a very long, boring ride. Um, I fell asleep during it. it. Absolutely. So did I. So did I. I found myself I having to read. I around and I missed a bunch and I still couldn't finish it. Bingo. I finished it, but I had to skip around like Thomas just said. I had to skip around because there's so many scenes, especially with the pirates that are like, this is just too stupid and pointless. Whenever they'd have a, a love scene talk, it's like, don't care. Just get to the cool parts if there are any. It just... It made me long evermore for the 1961 version that I guess I should have pushed harder on. But then I found this one and thought, I haven't seen it. Let's try it. And you I made it. a point about jamming in. I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you done. With I think I'm done. That's okay. the biggest problem. It's just long and boring. You made a point about bad, um, unnecessary character interaction and drama. And, and this is very telling. You jammed in a sub arc with pirates and you've got. Atherton Har- Harvey and Bob Harvey and Blake, his adopted son. Um, nothing. You try to have this blood feud between brothers, and there's nothing that sets this up. You have to be told, oh, they hate each other because this is his brother, and he kicked him off the ship, and, and this is his adopted son who betrayed him. You don't see any of this, so it lacks any punch. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no punch to this. You also never see Captain, Captain Bob, <laughs> who's worse than Captain Ron. <laughs> you never see Captain Bob do anything that makes you believe he's a scary villain. Yeah, no. Uh, other than his ability to release that chandelier and then stop it on a dime without burning and cutting the crap out of the, his hand from the, that hemp rope. The pirates are jokes. They're jokes. They, they absolutely are, which is why when he says, I'm Bob Harvey, I'm still alive. That's, that, to me, sums up the movie. That's what you're getting. In, um, and, and, and then you've got discount Nathan Fillion. But here's the thing. The love scene between um, Blake and other woman love interests that I can't remember her name contrived they love each other because we tell you that they love each other um why do they why do they like pencroft at all because he's there right and and i mean he almost gets him killed going after the treasure the treasure that is useless on an island that they can't get off of what is he going to do with it but then again at uh, you know maybe you're making a statement there but um i think where else i was going with this the biggest problem i have with this um joseph and nemo we know that they're loyal to each other. They've been through some stuff. We don't know why. It's never actually developed why Nemo is so loyal to Joseph and Joseph is so loyal to Nemo and the only one that has stood by him. What also, as he's dying, Joseph says, I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you more than you believe in yourself, probably. Why? What has this man shown you in, your, in the entirety of your voyages that you believe in his morality? He's indiscriminately killing anyone on a ship that flies the Union Jack because they hurt his family. He has, um, he tested some men, left some men to be drowned on the top of the Nautilus to test the loyalty of the professor. Mm -hmm. 
He kicks out these people knowing that it's certain death outside of his gates because they don't want to help him create his weapon of mass genocide to stop all future wars. He's not even going to help them. Not even going to rescue the people out on the island until Cyrus says, I'm not going to help you until you save my friends. He's done nothing, 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 nothing in any of these films, and you assume Joseph was there in the first film. He's done nothing to make you believe that he has a shred of morality or that you have any reason to believe in him other than the fact that he is a man who has gone mad with grief at the fact that his family and his daughters have, his daughter have died and he's simply mad with grief, taking revenge on everyone, and I see nothing to believe that if he did complete his weapon of mass destruction, that he wouldn't just take out the hated nation, and that he'd use it for good, or that he would compel people to behave, um, and, and, and be peaceful. But Joseph has this deep-set belief, for reasons unseen off-screen, in Nemo. It's terrible. There's a real chance there. Focus on developing that and showing me Nemo's redemption and his reclaimed humanity and why he is an anti-hero rather than this stupid pirate arc and two fake love stories that have nothing to do with each other other than she's a woman, I'm a man, we're stranded, nature takes its course. Good enough. Yeah. It's terrible. You crammed in two... Horrible sub-arcs that go nowhere, add nothing, when you had a chance to truthfully go through and maybe fix something that Jules Verne should have done a better job on in the first film. Showing you why Nemo is truly an anti-hero. We know in the end, look, Han Solo is the archetype anti-hero. Okay? I think Nemo is supposed to be a Han Solo type. But he fails. Because in the end, we see Han Solo do good for no reason other than to do good. Yep. He's gone. He's got his money. He comes back to save Luke and the whole Rebel Alliance. He saves them all for nothing, for no reward, because it's the right thing to do. And he chooses that over himself. Nemo doesn't do this. Not once, not ever. Nope. He lets them off the island because the whole thing's about to be destroyed. Uh, this is his redeeming moment? Yeah, that's not much of a redeeming moment. It's more like, uh, I guess I feel bad for you. He's not an anti-hero. People try to say he's an anti-hero. He's a psychopath who has one moment of not being evil. Yep. It's like that woman who met Ted Bundy and he didn't try to kill her. Yeah. One moment of not being so evil. He's not, so he's not a serial killer anymore because he didn't kill her. Wasn't evil today. Uh, For some reason, I let you go. Yeah. And therein lies the problem. Uh, it also missed a great opportunity. You know, this was the old arc of uh, I'm going to make the weapon that's so bad it ends war. That was a real big thing. It probably still is. It still is a big thing. Let's make a weapon so bad it ends war. But you don't go into that depth. You just... Cyrus gets disgusted and says, I'm leaving. Um, you're not going to have a dialogue about why Nemo's twisted, and then you as a person realize that Cyrus did the right, had the right argument, but Nemo's so twisted he can't see past it. Nope, we're just going to kick him out, and they can go fight a giant monster and... Bob the Pirate and his gang will show up. This sucks. I'm Bob the Pirate. Arr. So, <laughs> unless anyone's got any other picks it, it, or rips. At least it wasn't like Bob the Builder. I mean, look, uh, the obvious... Though it might make this film a little more interesting for some yeah. reason. Yeah, you know, it would have been far more interesting if the pirate was Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> 
just, well, then you we're just going to put a little, little bit trees. of blood over here, <laughs> and we're going to draw some trees Put this here. explosion here with some yellow ochre. We put the loot here. So, <laughs> has anybody got anything else? To yeah, add I mean the obvious picks? pick. Patrick Stewart's acting is phenomenal yeah, as course. always, it's and just, it's just not enough to save this film. It's but just drowned in garbage. It's phenomenal as it always is. Yeah, that's about the only pick you can say. The concept, concept, and Patrick Stewart's acting is the height of this show, this film. That's it. So, are, are we ready to rate this sucker? Because this is boring and we need to move on <laughs> to do something more interesting. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay, how many balloons do you want to give this? And I'm going to give it one because it was just plain boring. For everything we've said and the fact that it was just plain boring and hard to get through, a one. I'm going to give it a three. Concept. Some of the execution by Patrick Stewart, the bizarre insanity of believing that that guy was channeling Malcolm Reynolds, uh, gave me some ability to watch some of this, but it's a mess, and I haven't read the book, but even hearing the comparisons and the flaws in the book, I feel like there's something here, but a better writer has to take a pass at it, and I know how bad that sounds saying a better writer than Jules Verne needs to take a pass at it, but... That's what it seems like to me. I'm not sure that you can really do a a faithful adaptation, and this is not faithful, but I don't know if this can be adapted into a movie that will hold up at this point in time with the flaws in it without making critical changes and just staying high concept. The Mysterious Island, Captain Nemo, and, and picking those things out and then going a completely different way with it that Jules Verne didn't want to go. He was more about the technology. I'm giving it a one. I can't give it a zero. I mean, it kind of had Patrick Stewart in it. But it put me to sleep. It sucked. It was terrible. The dialogue was terrible. Everything about it was terrible. And some of it does fall on Jewel Verne because I'm sorry. You wrote a story for a sequel for a character that you killed off in a time period that doesn't make sense for Civil War to continue. It doesn't work, dude. I'm sorry. But then Hallmark just took it and smashed the dead horse into the ground. Well, when you're, when you're going into Hallmark movies, you should be forewarned. Unless it's a cheesy Christmas movie you're looking for. Um, just, you know what you're getting into. I feel so. like if this was done on a 10-episode Netflix or Amazon Prime you know, streaming okay. series. Might have been okay. 10 episodes, one season, that's it. Maybe season one is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Maybe season two is The Mysterious Island. Fix. Might have worked. The chronology errors, and you've got two seasons. You've got the time to develop Nemo. You've got the time to develop the Joseph and Nemo relationship. You've got time to show why um, these guys in the, in the Confederate prisoner camp come together. And you build a bond, and now you have characters that everybody actually is invested in, and you have the time in a tent-part series to do that. Whereas here, it's too long, but it's also too short. It's trapped in that terrible made-for-TV two-part, three-hour movie range. Yeah. That it's just good. doesn't work, period. No, it's, it's good for Valium. It's good as Valium, so... Rage Master! 
Give me back my five hours of my life. I'm sorry, Quintilius Varus. Uh, so, <laughs> give me back my three legions. Sorry, Caesar. Uh, so, give me back my three hours, yes. But you killed my three hours. Give it back. You know that's so, how I really didn't enjoy a film when I go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mix that in often. So for those of you that think, gee, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch something interesting or listen to something interesting. You can go to ravinglunaticmedia.com or, or you could go to Raving Lunatic to see some of our other shows like uh, Casatorium or just today, a new episode or last week, an episode of ZTF just dropped Zodiac Task Force. Great backstory of Alara and Vance training. Uh, you could also look out for any shorts that are going to be coming from ZTF. And of course, of any of our previous episodes, either on Malady, ZTF, or uh, Asatorium. So check those out at our at Spotify, Stitcher, or you could go to our Discord to learn more, or you could go directly to at ravinglunaticmedia.com, 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 but only if you're looking for sci-fi melody, the two episodes of America Asunder, a couple case episodes, or uh, quick rants. Rage Master. What's up for number two? Stay six, kids. 